Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Ladies and gentlemen, it is without a doubt a good time to be in the superhero business. Our net income is up 14%. Our latest film, G-Men, World War, just grossed shy of $1.7 billion worldwide. And this fall, we break ground on our newest theme park outside of Paris. The branding opportunities are endless. But you know, none of that really matters because job one is managing and supporting the brave superheroes that save lives. They're in harm's way each and every day for us. Man, I love that intro. And since when did hopeful and naive become the same thing? We get to find out. And who else would tear up a $45,000 check? We are talking to highly anticipated Amazon's The Boys, Season 1, Episode 1, The Name of the Game. The After Buzz After Show starts right now. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Is that your big, is that you, if you were a super, superhero? Excuse me, Tehran, I'm just the man of goodwill that and is thumbs a, up. I feel like you would be that person. I would. Yeah, and I'm German, so I'm always the super villain. Hello, you couldn't wait to tell people you were German. You yeah, I, I, that's my first sentence. It's his superpower. Yeah. It is a it's superpower. Super, it is actually my superpower in LA. Are, are you? <laughs> I'm not going to ask. Oh, no, please do, please do, I don't please know do, how it works so do. much in L.A., but I think it's going to work great on this panel because we are talking all things Amazon The Boys, Season 1, Episode 1, the name of the game, and the name of me is Tehran. I will be hosting this panel, and I'm alongside some of my favorite panelists. Uh, all the way to the left, the man behind the curtain, Stephen Lemieux is hey, in the building. Man, this show is so good. I just wanted to keep watching it. I just wanted to keep watching it. I'm just going to crack open a few cold ones with the boys. <laughs> that's right, with the boys. That's, he's actually one of my favorite panelists, that's for sure. So if you're uh, watching us, you're in for a treat. And to my left, the most Germans love David Hasselhoff. This one loves superheroes. That's right, but David Hasselhoff is also a superhero for us. He's ben actually the Snow, Yeah. Our Batman is in the building. Oh, yeah, but I'm the bad, bad man, all right? Because we always play the supervillains, people. You know, yeah. the That's way true. you said that sounded creepy and evil. I'm not going to lie. Thank you. I felt, uh, I felt that German superpower. I appreciate that. And that's how it is. <laughs> I, I thought the show was fantastic. Aww. We're going to get into it. We're going to talk a lot of great topics. We're going to be talking about The Seven. We're going to talk Starlight, because that was Star Bright right there. Madeline Stilwell, man, she's, uh, she's the one. Compound V, Huey. Billy Butcher, Huey taking that red pill. They're taking action. Taking it Homelander. See what I did there? Uh, Top three superhero deaths in movies. Getting into some amazing news and gossip, so you're going to want to stay tuned. And of course, we're playing this new superhero special segment game, Worst Case Scenario, where we take a superhero's run-of-the-mill power and tell you what's the worst case scenario that can happen with it and so much more stay tuned what were your overall thoughts on this episode the boys highly anticipated by the way so i was just chilling at work and one of my coworkers was watching it next to me and i just hear him go whoa what and i was like i have to watch this show and then i watched it and about five minutes in the episode i go whoa what <laughs> and that kind of describes what this show was to me. I, I'm so excited to cover a good superhero show that has the the dark elements that 
I'm looking for, but also takes a take on it that's fresh and new, like a perspective that we haven't really seen before. And I wasn't dissatisfied at the end of the se- at the end of the first episode. I think this is kind of what Umbrella Academy should have been, or at least what they they thought they were going to be. Yeah. Because I loved Umbrella Academy. Let's not get that wrong. We loved that show. Did but you? this was... Did you? <laughs> Did we? Ben, what was your overall I mean, thoughts on the show? I mean, honestly, they took it to the next level, to be honest, right? I mean, we all know the superhero movies and all the stories and all the TV series. Sure. But this was, I mean, as you said, Stephen, the first five minutes when I saw the blood, right? We can talk about that. The, the violence in the first five minutes already. I was like, guys, this is crazy. Completely unexpected that she's already like on the street, and then the guy comes and boof. Well, it's it's you know? great. It's, it's, like, oh, sorry. I didn't no, 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 no. It's good. I'm good. I'm just still, still excited That's about Steven's it. That's superhero. Power. Yeah, I, I'm 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 cut off. I'm Mr. Cut <laughs> I off. I appreciate that though. Tehran's pull out. If you've <laughs> seen any of our other after <laughs> shows, you don't want to don't ask questions. You don't want the answers to, and you don't want to know how Steven knows this. Please continue. <laughs> So I, I love I love this show because it answers the question everyone asked after Man of Steel. Because Man of Steel opened up the conversation of, okay, he's Superman, but he straight up destroyed an entire city fighting this villain. Millions of people should have died in this fight. What's that look like? And Avengers covered it slightly where it's like the cleanup crew. Obviously, Spider-Man Homecoming did a great job of it mm-hmm. when Michael Keaton's character is like part of the cleanup crew and the lives that are affected by that. But this just takes it to the next level of superheroes being flippant with their powers and the concept that absolute power corrupts absolutely and what would you do if you had superhero superpowers would you be the best person forever exactly. or would you give in to some of your temptations and even worse what if a lot of people had the power over others I mean, so if, I, if I can just join in very quickly, because what I really find very interesting about the show is it's not just about, hey, it's brutal and people die and all that kind of stuff, but I feel it really explains a lot about people's anxieties and what people feel emotionally today in our world, because I think it's a reflection of the reality that we live in. Think about it for a second, right? We have these superheroes as celebrities, and they have this superpower, and it feels like they can do whatever they want, wow. right? And I feel like today, when you go out and you see celebrities, and sometimes something happened to them, you can feel like, they get away with it because they feel like they're celebrities. You know, they have the specific sauce or whatever. I, you know, I really appreciate everything yeah. you're saying, Ben. And, and after hearing what you said, I do realize you're right. Being German is your superpower. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. I know. I, I didn't really hear what you said, but how you said it. You count Tehran into submission. I exactly. know it's gonna come up. No, oh man. You're, I, I I like that other people are seeing that too. Right. Like, it's it's such a valid point because you know they they do such a great job of pairing the superheroes into not just celebrities but politicians to a certain degree as well, right. and they're basically like nuclear weapons in a certain way. They're being traded as if they're weapons, which I think is just so an interesting thing that we've never seen before in this genre of content. So before I keep going and vamping, I guess we should probably get into our first topic. Well, I, I, well, I would like to give an overall thought. I don't want to hear them. I know you don't cut off. <laughs> I know you don't want to cut off. However, I would say this. You made a lot of comparisons of movies that were dead on. I'm going to take Sky High, Disney Sky High, <laughs> if it meant Watchmen. And it became a movie and or a show, and this is what it is. It's so real. It's so uh, true, mm. true to form. We've ne- we have not seen this take. We've spoken about this take before on superheroes, but we've never seen it come to life. And and they did an excellent job. And I'm not saying this because. 
people often think that we're an after panel, so we have to like the show. Oftentimes, we don't like the show. Mm. If you don't believe us, watch us on The Gifted. Stephen and I had a lot to say. <laughs> However, this time, I think they did it exactly right. Mm. The special effects were dead on. It was bloody, it was gory, and I'm never going to dislike something that starts off with a warning that says adult content, graphic language, graphic violence, nudity, song sexual content, and in a politically uh, incorrect way, rape. Right. That, that was the first warning we got watching and going into the show. Right. And it did not disappoint. This is a great show. And we're getting into the first topic, as Stephen mentioned, because our first topic is the seven. That is... In some ways, you would think that should be the preliminary storyline, but mm. it's a simultaneous storyline as we see the unraveling of Huey, as we're going to talk about later. So let's discuss the seven, and if you're not aware who the seven are, of course, Val Industries, which is a take on Voight Industries from Watchmen, and this is, would you say the, the heroes are more DC Comics than Marvel? Yeah. Let's I mean, it's like a list. mixture in a way. You know, yeah, so. it's it's a mixture, but I, I you're you're right in the I fact that like the main ones are exactly. So we get A Train, we get the Deep, Translucent, Black Noir, uh, Queen Maeve, Homelander, and Lamplighter, who we don't see but is retiring. Seems like seems like uh, Green Lantern to me. Yeah, exactly. Right. Something happened to him, so we get the Flash, Aquaman, uh, basically a Batman if he had a kid with Black Panther, Wonder Woman, Superman, and then Green Lantern who retired and then starlight who's kind of a take on a star girl in a way yeah i mean she, yeah. it's it i think the most similar one is obviously like the deep is definitely aquaman For and sure. the may queen mave is straight up wonder woman like a hundred percent they even filmed they filmed her scenes like exactly like it. homelander is like a combination between superman and captain america though because they really kind of blended those you got this exactly that's what i felt too because superman that's wasn't that. ever I mean, Superman is known as an American icon, but Superman was never, like, designed to be the super patriot, like, flag-waving dude. It was always, like, he just is an American icon. Captain American was uh, was always, like, the guy. He's, the he's literally wearing the American flag. Yeah. You know? But Captain America is not as powerful as Homelander. <laughs> well, Homelander was a very powerful entity. But let's talk about the other superheroes first. What were your thoughts on A-Train? Very funny guy, to be honest, right? I felt like he's the kind of funny guy in the whole group, to be honest. I think he just says whatever he wants. He doesn't give a fuck, you know, about what he's saying. And I think he always does it wrong in a way. So that's why Madeline is always saying, hey, you need a script. You have to give him a script. As soon as you're on television, you have to give him a script. Otherwise, he's going to fuck up. So, uh, yeah, I like it, though, because I feel it has a little kind of like a freshness to it. You know what I mean? So everyone seems a little serious at the beginning, right? But then he comes along and says just something stupid. And I really like that. Yeah, I feel like he's... He kind of reminds me of Michael B. Jordan's Human Torch from Fantastic Four yeah. with like that kind of like cocky attitude. But then they take it a step further when you enter the uh, the bar mm -hmm. of indulgences of superheroes and we hear what he says about mm -hmm. Robin. We hear all these things and it really skews your perception of heroes quite quickly. Yeah, and if you're wondering, he specifically said, I ran so fast through this B word that I swallowed one of her molars like a bug on the freeway. And, and that's the scene where they're they're listening in into their private conversation. A train came off to me as one of the most realistic ones, simply because I could see that character. All the characters were very realistic. Yeah. We don't know enough about Queen Maeve yet, mm, but right. we did get a little insight into the deep. What were your thoughts on that? I was like, I mean, I have to say it, right? Hashtag me too. Honestly, guys, right? I think this is one of the most recent topics we have in, in, in reality right now, right? And I think mm -hmm. when I saw this scene, I was like, 
when he did that, when he let his pants down, we can talk about that already. But I was like, whoa. I mean, this twist was crazy to me. I, I didn't see that coming, right? But then I thought about her reaction and then thought about reality on the world we live in. I said, wow, this this is basically exactly what we should think of, you know? That's exactly what's happening. And this is why we have Me Too is because A, it starts the conversation, and B, even when you made your statement, I had so many inappropriate comebacks that I didn't say. That's what the, the point of this is, is to, to start this conversation. This is a real thing. And since we're taking a real take on superheroes, we get that realism that right. comes from what The Deep did. That was... I, yeah, you know what? I feel honestly... Despicable. For sure. I think the boys for me makes superheroes very human in a way. And that's what I like about the show so much, right? You can see every character has something very human and something very unique, like we all do, right? But I think the usual movies that we all see with superheroes, you always think, oh my God, this this person's untouchable, right? He's like so much higher than we all are, right? But this show tells everyone, hey, they do the same shit that we all would do if we would have the same superpowers. I you know love I mean? how your German superpower self-censors. Steven, what do you mm. think? <sighs> It's just tough. It's like it's really hard to watch because like you watch that and you're like, mm. yeah, this is pretty realistic to how the entertainment industry is mm. for for so long. Yeah, and, and still and it, is even though we and, tried to clean it up as we're trying. Yeah, it's like women have it the worst. Guys also experience those things too, but definitely not on the scale. And like this reminds me of the whole Louis C.K. thing. Honestly, it like, did when like, he first did it. Yeah, he pulls down his pants, starts touching himself. You're like, oh, so this is like a take on the Louis C.K. thing. And then he plays the card like I'm second in command here. If you want to keep your job, and I'm like, okay, there's the Harvey Weinstein. And then you're like, okay, there's the speedo tan, and it just kept showing his ass. And you're like, okay, done. And also, something very interesting is how easily he got over it to the point where he was actually offended that Starlight wasn't over it when, when yeah, they ridiculous. had that confrontation. So the concept is, the concept is when you're talking about it in, in this particular episode, you're looking at it as what, uh, you're superheroes. We're supposed to trust you. And then this is what we see. It's, I think he did a very smart move, to be frankly honest, right? We can all see that in the big meeting room, right? When he lets his pants down, and he, but he realizes, hey, my God, she doesn't want to do that, right? He realized that in a second, and he basically turns it all around, making himself the victim and say, hey, you know what? You were trying to attack me here right now. Look at all the monitors right now. Look, they're all damaged, and you did that. So you don't want to, you don't want to have me to talk about that. That was actually... People, right? So he's, he's a smart dude in a way, right? But I think he's really taken advantage of his position. And he thinks, though, I think he thinks that he's even higher and better than the rest in the seventh, except maybe uh, Homelander, to be honest. But I think he's number second. He said that a couple of times. Hey, I'm number second. But I think he's not really. He just thinks that, you know? Yeah. I, I wonder what what's going to happen. Do we get a redemption from the deep? That's a big question. Uh, as far as redeeming characters, the one who can't be redeemed, translucent. Wow. <laughs> Invisible man? Who? He, he's who would have thought that he's a pervert? Yeah, exactly. Who would have thought the guy who can turn invisible and is, like, probably has other powers or something, like, is a pervert? Let's get back to the topic at hand. The topic at hand is uh, translucent. What were your thoughts on that character? I mean... <laughs> exactly how the invisible man would be. I think. Yeah, like everyone would be if, if we would be all invisible. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, I'm so Whoa. sorry. Come on, you think about that for a second. Come on. Not my... Actually, you think know, it's interesting. That. It's interesting. Even uh, on stage, I do this thing, and a friend of mine, Mateen Stewart, actually has a joke where he says, if someone picks invisibility as their power, they are a pervert. 
Thank you. Yeah, but I don't think I would be that person if I had that power. Of course not. I, I know I would. No, you would never. I wouldn't. Of course, right? Mm-hmm. You would never. Theron would never. Oh, yeah. I can see it in can, your eyes. Can we stop doing that? Because the way you're saying I would never doesn't sound like you believe I would never. I, no. I just don't find that an appealing power. I would steal. <laughs> Is that even better? <laughs> I think so. I think in the in the history of morality, I think stealing is way better than pervy behavior. I think Tehran would probably just use it to avoid people. That would actually be that would be a <laughs> like number he'd one. see that's somebody great... walking and he'd just be like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to deal with this person. Right that's now. actually an amazing take on that power. Yes, he'd be like tongue. he'd be the dude who just like do this to everyone. Yeah, I would I would definitely be a horrible person as far as annoying people. Uh, I could see going into and the way Translucent took on Huey. I could see something like that. Where you are a specter. Where would you sneak into if you had one place you could sneak into because you're invisible? I don't think I'm allowed to say on the mic. My but, name's no, but you're not a pervert. Oh my, my name's no, it's the <laughs> Pentagon. I would sneak into the Pentagon. I would go to. I would Area 51 it up. I would be if I could sneak into anywhere. Then at that point, I'm learning secrets. I'm not learning. I've seen naked people. I need some secrets. I need true. I want to know what happened to JFK. Right. Like that's who I would be. I would check out Facebook. <laughs> Honestly, guys, think about that for a second. Do we really know what Facebook knows about it and where all our data is going? Oh, to? like think their headquarters? That. Yeah, of course. I thought you're like, no, no, no. I'm gonna be invisible on Facebook. I mean, that's that's impossible, by the way. You cannot be invisible on Facebook anymore, even if you would like to. But honestly, guys, think about that for a second. Wouldn't you like to find out more about Facebook, like behind the scenes? What no, they really, we really? we volunteer them. Well, why we do you want to? We already have a superpower. It's, it's called Facebook. Network, yeah. But why <laughs> do you want to go to the Pentagon then? Uh, because that's one we don't get to see behind the scenes. Exactly, but Facebook is definitely connected to those guys anyway. Think about that. Sure, and I'm sure I'd be able to find it in. I'm going to cut this now. If I, I opened up a Pandora's box. That. If I had to be afraid of someone more than if I had to be afraid of someone between the Pentagon and Facebook, I'd be way more afraid of Facebook. Facebook knows way more dirty secrets about me than the Pentagon does. Steven, what would you do, and where would you go? Uh, I think we should move on to our next topic. <laughs> wow. Because wow. we've spent way too long on this. I know. Wow. I know. You, oh, you do this. You I now do this. Know, but now I want to know We didn't it. know enough about Black Nora Queen Maeve to make a very big determination. Queen Maeve was simply Wonder Woman. Basically, yeah. Yeah. And Black Noir, we have no idea. We have he no idea. He has knives on his shoulders, so we're just like, okay... He probably uses knives. He seems dangerous in some way. We don't even know what his power is. He's probably, like, super agile. I would assume he's, like, super agile. He's, like, probably, like, a ninja man or something. It seemed that (laughs) way, but we're not sure. And then we get Homelander, who I feel like deserves an entire topic on his own. Yeah. Homelander was, here's the, the epitome of... What a hero should be. And yet we see that he's the exact opposite when it comes down to it. At the end, unfortunately. Yeah. But he's the most careful. He is the most careful. Because even Butcher doesn't ha- know anything about Homelander. He's like, as far as I can tell, he's like who he says he is, and he's great. The concept of Homelander has to do with, first of all, he reminds me of Ryan in the booth. What's up, Ryan? Uh, Thanks. <laughs> I'm Homelander, if you were a superhero, you would be Homelander. If you were a regular person, which you are, you would be Huey. We'll talk about that as well. Homelander is the epitome of the superhero in everyone's mind. And yet he does the most evil of things when he blows up that plane. What did you think when you saw that scene? I saw it coming from a mile away. Honestly, as soon as the dude, like, talked to Madeline and he's like, 
Yeah, well, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say 200 million because I know about something called Compound V. Like, I have no idea what Compound V is at this point. Like, I don't think any of us do because they don't really get into it at all. Like, I think we're just assuming... I assume that it's something that turns people into heroes. Well, when I hear compound, I'm like, oh, it's a chemical compound, and she's like a businesswoman, and it would ruin their company. I immediately go to, oh, she's making heroes. That's kind of what I'm assuming at this point, and I could say that's probably the only thing worth killing over. But we know some of the heroes are born that way, quote-unquote, as we see with Starlight, our newest superhero who's joining the Seven. Starlight comes in, and honestly, she is the epitome of the sweet, wholesome Midwest girl. Yeah. And she is not ready for for what she's taking on. This is her... These are her heroes. Mm. She grew up with a poster of the Deep, which the Deep obviously uses to manipulate and assault her she has always wanted a hero she was in the little miss hero pageants mm-hmm. i mean so we know that there are multiple heroes on this earth yeah i think she's basically just someone who wants to help people i think she knows what power she has and i think she literally wants to help everyone right she wants to help people but when she realizes this is more like a business than really helping people at the end for the other like people, I think it's like she's so, just concerned about that. It's like somebody who job. learns who wants to be a actress, and I think this is what they're trying to show us is like somebody who has this like stars in their eyes, wants to be an actress, moves to Hollywood, and immediately just goes to go on, but moves to Hollywood and becomes that. And that's a great story to tell, especially right now. It is. Yeah, I, I don't. Oh, I'm just looking for the time. I'm Got looking it. for a time. But that's what I was thinking. Cool. That's why it's so realistic and talking about real life. She's definitely like an actress trying to become someone in Hollywood. That's exactly how it feels yeah. to me. And she's just, the illusion is being dispelled. All exactly. of it. All of it. Exactly. And it. And it hurts. It actually hurts me. She's the most empathetic of the characters. She's the one who I feel the most for. She's the one that makes the statement, since when did hopeful and naive become the same thing? And it was so hard to get hear that and watch her just get hurt. Um, you know... I love being on this panel. You guys are as much a part of this panel as all of us. Thank you so much for being here with us at AfterBuzz as we talk about these after shows. We do ask you for one thing as we go on. We want you to join our seven. And it's easy. All you have to do is leave comments. Hit subscribe. If you're listening to us on iTunes, give us that five stars. Give us thumbs up. Whatever to get the conversation started. We appreciate each and every one of you. And thank you for making us the ESPN of TV talk. We have our own seven here. Yeah, we do, actually. Who's our seven? Uh, bathrobe man. <laughs> I thought your name was Pull Out. <laughs> man, I'm trying to change that. I'm cut off. I'm trying I, to I change that. I like your outfit, though. This is amazing. I'm trying to like. change that. Okay. Madeline Stillwell. Thoughts on her? Well, I mean, before... You, uh, we'll get to Huey later. So, yeah, Madeline Stillwell. Oh, we're going to talk a lot of Huey. Don't okay, worry. Okay, cool. Huey, yeah, because, like... Huey is... I need to get this storyline because, as I said, you would think this would be the preliminary storyline, but Huey's storyline is clearly at the forefront. That's the one that I'm talking about, story arc all the way. I see Madeline as kind of just the person who will do whatever it takes to get what she wants done. Especially now that I see that the plane went down, I'm like, okay, great. So that was definitely had to have been Madeline telling Homelander to do this, right? So it's, it's, it's her team of people. She's running Vought. And they have 200 heroes. She's she's the controller of superheroes. Hmm. So anyone who threatens her position or threatens anything is going to die. 
That's what I would assume. She's the Amanda Waller of this universe. Yeah. Like, Amanda she Waller doesn't, and a corporation instead she, of the government. Yeah. I mean, but this is the concept of Amanda uh, Amanda Waller of this episode is is watching out and, and explaining and explaining like everything. She's the one that's running pulling all the strings. Even the superheroes are, are afraid of her. She's like she's a boss. What's the chat saying? Because the chat has to love this show. I mean, the chat's digging it, right? Like Billy Jean Girl says Homelander maybe was just nuts and like on his own did it. Uh Eon saying that Nubian King, like that's a great name for a, for a Black Panther ripoff. <laughs> that's actually okay. That's strong. That's strong. And then uh, after watching the show, Renji nine zero nine nine eight says, "Do you support Stain's ideology?" Uh, wait, I think that's like probably a character that's coming out later, so I don't know about that. So yeah, I mean, I think the chat's really into the show, and everyone seems super on board. There's thirty people who are like. Totally into it right now, so I'm excited. Well, guess what, guys? We're gonna be binge watching it with you, so we're gonna be watching the episodes and then coming in here and and filming episodes after shows as much as possible. One of the most important storylines is going to be Huey. Huey is the first person we're kind of introduced to. We get to see this uh, just a wonderful guy. We get to see his really cute girlfriend Robin come in. They have a cute back and forth. And then we get okay. The what 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 was the uh, Stephen? Can you do the, the moment? What what oh, dude? What? So yeah, that moment. We get that moment happen. What were what were your thoughts about Huey? Let's talk about Huey in three parts. Huey number one is I just work at the store. Huey watches his girlfriend die. <laughs> Huey number two is I just met Billy Butcher. Huey and then Huey number three is we're gonna do something. Huey. Yeah. Or he takes the red pill. He's, like, working at a Radio Shack. Yes. Basically Radio Shack. Yes. So, like, this is a kid, like, and I don't want to, like, discredit anyone who's ever worked at a Radio Shack. <laughs> you kind of already did. Okay. But when you're, when you're thinking of, like, a superhero film, it's like, I feel like we're meeting his alter ego right now. Like, I think that by the end of the season, Huey either has powers or is, like, a mastermind of some sorts because this is so much like his Clark Kent. This is so much like the Peter Parker working at the newspaper facility, like building. I think this is like going to become his cover, right? Like Radio Shack's such an innocuous cover, right? I, I I don't see Huey becoming superpowered. Really? To me, the way the show was built is vigilantes going against superheroes and Huey somehow rises in the ranks of these vigilantes. If I remember the you know when they were showing us just the clips and and giving us the trailers that was kind of how I even got into wanting to see the show. I was a huge fan of Watchmen and I felt like this was a take on Watchmen and that's who Huey reminded me of. This is the mild-mannered portion of his life and Mm -hmm. then Something really crazy happens, and he's going to have to become crazy, too. Because there's no way you're around a guy like Billy Butcher and, and it doesn't fine. rub off. Exactly. It, yeah. th- you're going to get caught up in something. Yeah, I, I feel like there are these, these moments when you feel like that he's kind of, like, thinking, right? And he gets this kind of anxiety for a second, right? And I feel like this is kind of the dark side coming up in him, right? When he realized, oh, my God, they, they killed my girlfriend. Now she's gone. Then you can you have that moment when he basically starts crying a little bit, and then he's so quiet, but you feel like his anger coming out, right? And I feel like this is going to be something even bigger for him. You know what uh, I mean? Yeah, like I think they do it so right, where you hear the heartbeat, and he's like, 
exactly. And, and the he, ringing. Then yeah. it like he has that moment. There was so many times this episode that I thought it was going to turn into his origin story, and he was going to awaken powers or something yeah. like that. Like in the convenience store where things just become sensory okay, overload. Maybe he falls down. I thought he was like. I thought that was like his Magneto moment where he's going to bend the fence. Yeah. Uh, and then when he's in the he's in the building and he's like planting the chip and he has to deal with all that stuff and he like has to shake A Train's hand and act like nothing's wrong. Like I was like. There's so many, like, origin story power right. awakening moments for this exactly. character, and not, none of them turn into power. His only superpower right now is anxiety. His, <laughs> I will say something. When they showed when they showed David sitting across from him, the injuster, the, the, the lawyer for mm-hmm. Roy, and he slammed him, I was like, well, you, you, they killed her or whatever. He, that interaction, I thought that was real, and then they snapped back yeah. to his real reality. It reminded me of uh, Wanted, that show Wanted, or the, oh, the movie the Wanted. the movie Wanted, yes. Where it's like Shia LaBeouf, or I think it's Shia LaBeouf. It's not Shia LaBeouf. It's the, the guy who plays... Exactly. James McAvoy. The guy who plays Professor Xavier. When he like takes the keyboard and smacks the guy. I think that was real or that was like an imagination. It but was. they do like the backtracking. Um I wanna just point out that our chat is like the worst right now. Why? Because you described Huey in three parts, and Eric Scott says, Huey in three parts, his girlfriend in a million parts. Desmond, Desmond, Desmond Lawson immediately counters with, his girlfriend is an abstract painting now. <laughs> you guys are evil. I just want to let you know you're not good people. But talking about the scene, we also have to say the special effects are amazing. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, honestly. I solid. think they really? actually killed They're... a girl. <laughs> the way her <laughs> hands were still in his hand. And then A-Train, the line, the simple line, A-Train learning by, I got to keep running. I got to keep going. Like, that was brilliant. It was, it was, it, it definitely drew me in to the show, bar none. Oh, yeah. I mean, she was in the middle of the road. I didn't expect it. And that, even something that simple where we do know there are cover-ups. This is a company that's covering up. This is big business. This is everything in one show. It's billions. I mean, I don't know how to express how amazing it, it's coming off. I just hope they keep it up. Like, I really want the whole season to be this good. How many episodes do we get? I think ten. I think they'll be able to keep yeah. it up. Honestly, because yeah. Ooh, Ryan's I Ryan's bringing up the image right now, if you guys are watching on YouTube, of the hands. Yeah. It was. It I, was mean, I think they I do because it. I don't know... I, I could watch this show right now. I feel like I could just continue to watch this hey, show. Hey, some people only get one thing to remember their ex by. He gets two. <laughs> You're a bad person, too. Let's talk Billy Butcher. Love this guy. I think, honestly, he just says what he wants. You know, he's, like, straight to the point, right? And I also like that he has kind of, I think it's an Australian accent, right? Sounds like an Australian it's, accent. I think today, it's, right? yeah, like, Australian like or New Zealand. It's like his accent that he has, actually, usually, anyway. And I really like this guy. I think he, he knows what he wants to do, right? I think he, there's no limit for this guy. And he's he says a lot of curse words and stuff like that. And I think that makes the show even very funny to me. Because a lot of people always trying to basically, you know, don't talk about the F word or the S word. And he just says what he wants, right? He makes everyone understand, hey, I want to damage, I want to destroy these guys, and I do whatever it takes. And then talking to him, talking to this guy, I think it's a, like, it's a kind of a contrast, Right, Billy Butch and Hoogie. Like, how do you call it? Huey. Huey. Oh my God, the German to me. Huey. I feel like Carl <laughs> Urban was was like they were like, Hey, Carl, do you want to do another Judge Dredd? <laughs> Great wanna, actor, by or, the way. Great or do you want to be Judge Dredd in a superhero world? Mm. Sheesh. Because that's basically what he is. He's like Judge Dredd in a superhero world. And it feels like he's like a teacher, almost. You know, he's educating this guy of what he should do to get. Where he wants to He's be. an FBI know. agent. That's how it feels like. He's an FBI agent with the badge and then tells the doorman he's a cop. Huey picks up on that. Right. What were your takes on that? 
Oh, I thought he was lying immediately and he says an FBI agent. He flashed the badge, though. He flashed the badge, but I'm like, this isn't an FBI agent. This is just like a dude who's... Cause, because I know the concept of the show that is... The vigilante. Vigilante. Exactly. So, like, because you go into it pre- with with knowledge of, like, the trailer and stuff, or knowledge of, like, vigilantes, I thought if he was a cop, he was an ex-cop who still had his badge. And he yeah. was using that. Or, like, an FBI agent, he just had his badge still, but he yeah. definitely wasn't in the service I think anymore. he says that at some point, actually, even in the first one. I don't know. Yeah, he says but that. I, I don't he was know. A former, he was a former I FBI I agent. I don't know what to believe about Billy Butcher. I, and and I want to know where his dislike and disdain of supers come exactly. from. Exactly. I was always thinking about when I watched the first episode. I was like, where is he coming from, and why does he really hate these people so well, much? To be honest. I mean, I don't know if you need like. I mean, we're gonna get a backstory eventually. I'm assuming, but like, yeah. do we need more than just that scene in the bar where they're just acting like, <laughs> like know. they're gods of humans and just assholes? Yeah, but there has are to be they, like a person. Are they just acting like? people do in bars if they could. I mean, let's not act like we don't have swinger bars, which I've never been to, Mom. Of course but not. I just want to know. <laughs> here, here they are at this bar. He's obviously, he finds Huey, tracks Huey down, realizes Huey can be recruited for this mission, and then we have no one else. I was expecting a team to show up. I, I was expecting him to drive Huey to a a squad like we're the vigilantes and we try to stop these we've all been wronged by soups what do you think of what did you think of billy's first interaction with huey though because he like introduces himself by asking him how many nannies shake babies and it's it's an interesting question like the more you look at it because it's a direct comparison to like a profession that's meant to be there to help that goes against the grain of everything it stands for that's a great take on And that it's kind of like every time he talks to Huey, he's slowly introducing more concepts of everything that you think about these supers is the opposite for the majority of them. And we see that. Ezekiel is the preacher who's like, pray the gay away, and then we see him being debaucherous with two men. We see that. And, and Billy is trying to expose the supers. Yeah, we see we see like tons of people in there, lots of debauchery, sex in the air, f- levitating sex. That I would do. Tele- right? <laughs> Telekinetic power, putting drinks on tables. We see a, a guy who I guess is like Ant-Man, can turn big or small, turn small and swan dives into a woman's vagina. Yes. I mean, they're boys being boys, I guess. But they're not all boys. Let's remember that. Even the concept of the boys is this is the special group. This is the... The protected, the frat boys, the they're they're just as you said, boys being boys, but they're they're superheroes just being superheroes, superheroes, quote unquote, in the least super of ways. And so we get a concept of Billy Butcher, who we find out, and this is the this is the parent. Huey and Billy are the Batman and Robin of vigilanteism. Yeah, kind of. That's why. Yeah, I still see him as the teacher, to be honest, guys. Because what you mentioned, squint power. You know, He's he doesn't like the Batman Robin. He doesn't like it. I don't like it. You need something I can't more. Tell, I can't come up with anything can't, better right you now. You can't think of something <laughs> better I don't like right it. now. I'm telling you, it's uh, the Mermaid Man and Barnacle. <laughs> Just kidding. Let's let's talk. Let's let's. Obviously, we love this episode. We can't wait for more. Uh, we're gonna get into episode two coming up. Let's get into uh, a top three superhero deaths in movies. So we have. Today, a top three for you guys. We always like to do a top three at the beginning of a show, and we also will do one on the finale of the show, but today, our top three 
is the top three superhero deaths in movies. And you guys can disagree with us. You guys can agree with us. I know Tehran might take issue with some of these. But if you haven't seen Endgame, this is going to be a big spoiler for you. So you might want to go see Endgame. <laughs> Who hasn't seen Endgame? I feel like we've given it enough. If you're watching The Boys, mm. you've probably seen Endgame. Mm. You've probably seen Logan, and you've probably seen Watchmen. Right? Yes. So none of these are going to be spoilers. Our first on the list is going to be Wolverine and Logan. Honestly, I would say this is number 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 three for me. Watch, uh, Wolverine and Logan, it's a really powerful death scene. It's a character we've seen for years and years and years, growing through Hugh Jackman being kind of jacked to being super Hugh Jackman, and then like ultimate Hugh Jackman, and now he's just old jacked Hugh Jackman. And then he dies to save the little girl in Wolverine, which I thought was a phenomenal story. I think that movie's like one of my top ten movies, uh, superhero movies. And then you go to... Uh, our number two, which is Rorschach in Watchmen. Love Watchmen. Which yeah. I think is the most uh, most comparative to this show yeah. in terms of Rorschach represented everything that Billy Butch is basically preaching in this show in terms of the heroes, or the superheroes should not have the power to dictate humanity and dictate how people live their lives and they shouldn't be above the law. And obviously at the end of that, Professor, U- is it uh, Professor Utonium or... That's from Powerpuff Girls. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Manhattan. Dr. Dr. Manhattan. Manhattan. Dr. Manhattan. That was like, huh? That, that hurt it's close. my heart. It's, it's, it's close, though. It's close. Dr. Manhattan <laughs> kills Rorschach to prevent him from spilling the truth of what he knows right. because he doesn't. Th- he thinks that humanity being aware of everything is worse than them being blissful, blissfully, blissfully ignorant of what these people are capable sure. of. And then, of course, I think number one... And maybe in 10 years this will change, but fresh on the mind. Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man in the end of Endgame. Super impactful hero death. Oh, hold on. Mm. Iron Man dies? <laughs> no, uh, Tony Stark dies. Not. Oh, yeah, okay. Iron yeah. Man lives on oh, forever. Okay, forever. For okay, sure. Sure. Oh, my God. Uh, Tony Stark's death in Endgame because it was completely uh, emotional. It was a character that started the franchise and started the, the modern-day Marvel Universe for what we know it is to be. The Hulk tried several times, but Iron Man, I believe, is the first movie that solidified Marvel as the place to watch comic book movies in theaters. Is no one going to say Quicksilver's death? <laughs> No. Age of Ultron. It was a it was a runner up and a runner up. Oh, I see what you did there. Um, Quicksilver also dies in Days of Future Past, I believe. Quicksilver just dies. He, Everything he he's just in, dies. He dies. But I also have to mention that Iron Man didn't have to die in Endgame because Captain Marvel didn't need to pass him the gauntlet. She could have just used it herself. But anyway, whatever. No, I like it though. Hey, hey, Stephen's been waiting. To, he's been holding on. No, I got my ass about it at all. You, you have no idea how many things that he was like. But why did they do this? Um, they do mention specifically supers are like cops. They can't be charged for damages while on their job, which is a strong statement to make, especially in today's climate. Especially for a privatized corporation. Yeah, exactly. Maybe file a wrongful death. I mean, we get that. And before we go on to our news and gossip, which we have an amazing uh, news and gossip for you, we do have to give a, ne- a nod to Simon Pegg as as Huey's dad. Hello, I'm Simon Pegg. <laughs> that was exactly how he sounded. Son, you are weak. You are not a fighter. He says you don't have fight you never have you've never had fight son we definitely this is my weird american accent (laughs) and you need to sign this check forty five thousand dollars is a lot of money son (laughs) i'm simon pegg you've seen me in star trek 
That is that is a great Simon Pegg voice in the boys impression. I don't know how far it's going to get you in Hollywood, but on this panel, it'll take you very Got far. Got me to this panel. Let's get into some news and gossip, please. Oh, my God. The news. Got me. We're, we're blowing your minds, please. Yeah, so what we have for the news is that, I mean, we watched the first episode, right? We all love it. But what happened before it was actually starting, they already announced that they're confirmed for season two already, even before the first show aired, which is kind of crazy. I think. Thank goodness. I mean, honestly, that's amazing. That's a commitment, right? From Amazon. It, it's not just that. Here's here's my biggest problem is that let's I hate getting into shows and then them getting canceled. And that's actually that's a, a huge a huge fear of mine. Now, with shows on cable and television, we have Netflix to come and smarten up and, and collect the, the bones of the ones that we want resurrected. Right. But with something on Amazon, I was afraid that this was going, I was going to get addicted, which I already am, yeah. and it was going to go nowhere. So when right. I heard season two is already announced before mm. it was even released, I yeah. was relieved. I mean, I can definitely see it as a, as a big show for Amazon in the future, long term, to be honest. And we just have this uh, Twitter post coming up, also from the showrunner, Kevin Kipke. Kipke? And uh, he basically like posted it from Comic Con. I've been to Comic Con like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, with all the cast and the crew. And he was just like, "I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little bit drunk." So he was very <laughs> like straight to the point, guys. I'm drunk, but I can't wait. It's just one week out. And he basically mentioned that already that they got an announcement. They're gonna have a season two, which I feel like makes it also very human from a behind the scenes perspective. I think the show, honestly, is really like how. The showrunner really is. I think he wanted to really like make a point and say, hey, you know what? That's my sense of humor. I have the sarcastic sense of humor in a way, and I want to put that into the show. And you can feel it. I mean, me, Tehran and I on other after shows have had this conversation a few times mm -hmm. in that to make good TV, it's an atmosphere on set. For sure. To make good TV, the cast have to care, the crew have to care, and the creators have to care. 100%. When you throw 100%. a showrunner on a show for a paycheck, the show is going to be canceled immediately. Exactly. Because you have to care. And it shows. Like, the details in the show are so, Every so small. Like, yeah. uh, I thought it was great. that Because there's, there's scenes that they set up that could very easily just be a quick scene. When he grabs the electrical thing to shock him, hmm. could have been a quick scene where he grabs the electrical thing. They add that moment. They have Carl Urban kick him into it. It gives the more dialogue they have they they the blood splatter right the blood, blood splatter, splatter. patterns amazing mm. on the face and everything. that they, was awesome you can tell when they take their time to make something the best version it can be as opposed to just one right through and being done yeah, with it exactly and this show exactly. from what i've seen so far i'm in right and also it's always nice to know we have a season two because <laughs> i can be hosting with you guys <laughs> for the next year. Okay, don't touch me cut off but i will say what? this <laughs> i will say this getting the season two gives the cast and crew a little room to breathe. Yeah. They yeah. get a little room to breathe, and it also means that they start the creative process now. They don't wait till the end of the season and then have a deadline that comes up short. This is, they have time to make another amazingly good yeah. season. And as from everything we've seen in episode one, if they continue on this yeah. path, this is an amazing show. A lot yeah. of shows you see, there's probably like four to five years of development into the first season arc mm. and then a lot more into the pilot to figure out like what is the right steps to take in the pilot. Then it gets picked up halfway through and you have to figure out you have like less than a year to get to filming yeah. and then you have to release it the next year. Yeah. Like in all in all circumstances, if shows waited two years between each season, they'd be much better. But we're humans and we don't have patience. And we saw what happened with Game of Thrones. Um, I mean, yeah, sure. I have one more topic, guys. I just wanted to, to close that the first one. I got one more. Oh. One very, very important one, but I just wanted to say they're actually shooting already season two right oh, now wow. in Toronto right now, and they're going to wrap it up in November first already. So they're oh, doing so it right now. Probably getting it next April. 
Yeah. That sounds about right. That's actually huge. That right. That's awesome. That's right what I'm now, saying just when to, we say big news. I, d- I definitely wanted to know how long it's going to take. But the second topic I wanted to talk about is the, um, a little bit more about the, the sex and the violence topic, guys. And I deeped a little bit more into it. And the crazy thing happened because we talked about how they basically do all these scenes and how they come up with the ideas. The scene where the deep is letting his pants down was actually not in the script. And I found an article, did you see right now, the actor Chase Crawford, who plays the deep, didn't even know about it. So what happened is they came on set before they started doing that scene and said, hey, Chris, you know what? We wanted to add that specific scene right now because it's in the source material and we want to do that right now. It's not in the script, but you're just going to let your pants down right now and just do it with her, okay? And he was like, oh, oh, oh my God. I'm I, terrified I, I, of I, you right now, Ben. No, I'm that serious. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, he didn't know about that. And he also says that in the article, it was very uncomfortable for him to do that. But they said, you know what? That's a very important scene. This specific twist, we need that because the source material was always talking about it. So we want that in the script now. It's interesting and that they, they had that. that. We saw a penis in the show. We saw yeah, a, I know. a tan line butt. But that just shows me that, you know, even if you're on set already and you feel like as an actor, oh, my God, I have it all down. I'm, I'm ready to go. People can come along and say, hey, you know what? We want to add that right now. You just have to have your pants down. And you have to be prepared as an actor. if Starlight knew about it. Well, uh, you, no, no one knew about it. I mean, I don't want to, like, I don't want to be a dick about things, but, like, let's... <laughs> Let's be honest, if Star, if the actress for Starlight showed up on set and they said, hey, this isn't the script, but we need you to drop your pants for this scene, that's not really that acceptable. Like, it is, that's really messed up. It is kind of a very interesting situation, let's put it that but way. But it did add a strong dynamic to the scene. It did make it a lot more, especially since they didn't show the act. It wasn't, the concept was, we saw that, we knew what happened, and we felt... We felt dirty just seeing what yeah, we saw. Exactly. So it was better that it was done this way. It was actually done in, and I, I can't say this any more wrong, the most tasteful of ways to do this and still give us all of the horrible negative emotions we were supposed to feel. New, any form of nudity should should have a reason. Uh, it's not. It, this wasn't like superfluous for no reason, which I think is what we're saying. 100%. And I have a feeling now, reading the article and we talk about it right now, I have a feeling they did that on purpose, maybe to not tell them because they wanted to have the real emotion, the real, real reaction from them. It works you know, that's for how, me. That's yeah. what acting can be too. Obvious. You don't have to be prepared. You just have to improvise that if someone comes up with an idea. That's interesting. So, and I think that's what happened. Uh, our chat says, uh, Renji, everyone seems to be happy. Amazon gave a second season to an upcoming series a month before it debuted. Uh, everyone's super excited that this show is. On Amazon, as opposed to like CW or 100%. anything else, because it can 100%. do what it needs to do. They can do it right, and, uh, I, and yeah. that's what we love about streaming. I mean, we're coming off a season where Netflix has had the most award nominations yeah. of any streaming service, and now it's Amazon's time, and that's what they want this to be. But and we talked about that. it before the show. I just wanted to mention it, and you mentioned that to me before we had the show today. You said like Amazon needs this kind of show, which a long term show that people love to watch and, and like ongoing, right? Well, Season I three, need my fix. That's for you know? sure. I mean, I Let's agree. Talk totally special agree. segment. Worst case scenario, Stephen, of it's, course, only from the mind of Stephen Lemieux. It's the worst case scenario here because the boys are back in town. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Grindhouse feature today is Kitty Pride. So Kitty Pride has the power of phasing. She can phase her whole body. Mm-hmm. She can phase parts of her body. And she can fall through floors if she's not paying attention or if she's under the influence of something mind controlling or that makes her powers go out of control. What is the worst case scenario for Kitty Pride fighting people in a city? And how could civilians be hurt? Tehran, take it away. I'm going to go with Kitty Pride. Doesn't hurt anyone, but falls straight to to the center of the earth, and then we have to reclaim her fried body. 
You, we wouldn't reclaim it. We'd leave it. Uh, we'd have yeah, to we'd leave it. it. Yeah, we Nobody would, would even know. <laughs> I was trying to be nice, but of course, Stephen Lemieux. Uh, because her, her power just doesn't hurt other. She phases through things. Unless she phases into someone, and that would really suck. Like, she tried to stop an elevator door. You know when you're trying to get in and the elevator door's closing? <laughs> and you reach in, and then the guy's standing right at the door. I hate those people. And you reach in, and you materialize inside, like, with your hand on his heart. Exactly. Or that you don't even know that it was her. You know what yeah. I mean? I think you need to you need a little bit of kind of recognition, right? That keeps you going, right? And I think like if she's like invisible, for example, but she does something beautiful for people and no one really knows about it, you know, so hurts that's you. hard on your and ego. So, that's not, and that would be hard on my ego. You. If I would be a superhero, I was like, I want people also to know about that. He's you know? the guy that films himself giving money to homeless exactly. people. Exactly. So what's the worst case scenario with her power, though, Ben? What about that? Yeah. What if yeah, she, that, that, her power went out of control? And what was the worst thing that could happen? About for her. That's what I just oh, said for that's her. Sweet. He I mean, of course, I, I, of course, I, because she's gonna help these people anyway. But think about her feelings if she's helping oh someone. God, well, think about her feelings if she's at the core of the earth. Of course. Yes. Okay, so here's here's my pitch on. <laughs> I the, know you're gonna have something. Here's so my pitch wait. on the worst thing that could happen to yeah. K- with Kitty Pride's powers. Phasing has to do with quantum physics okay. and, and every atom in your body phasing in and out. Technically, there is a percent chance that I could run into a wall and phase through it. There is literally a percent chance, based on physics, that that could happen. It is such a minuscule chance that it's never going to happen, but it could. I think that her atoms phasing through people could hypothetically cause super terrible cancers in them, the likes of Chernobyl. And also, I feel like her atoms could throw everyone's atoms out of whack and basically take them out of the space-time continuum. So let's say she runs through somebody. Ten years later, he's going to die. And let's also say she's shaking hands with somebody. She trips, accidentally phases him through the ground, and leaves him Jimmy Hoffa. Would you rather that or her see you as being the guy who didn't keep the elevator door open? Let us know in the comments below. Until then, let's phase in and out of where people can find you. Stephen Lemieux. You guys can find me on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux. And producing Maria Menounos' show every Monday called Better Together. There's a new episode up today with Alyssa Goodman who talks about autoimmune disorders and staying healthy. Check it out on iTunes and Apple Podcasts by searching Better Together. Can't wait to do that. Ben Schnau. Awesome. Yeah, you can also find me on Instagram, Ben Schnau or at Ben Schnau. Now, and what happened actually, I just got the confirmation today that a movie that I directed and acted in it was basically officially selected for an award. That's so amazing. check it out, it's called Against All Odds. It's a very interesting story, I don't want to spoil it for you guys. Get on my Instagram account, you're going to see all of it. That's amazing, great. And of course, I am Teron Literally, and I am Teron all across the board. And you can find me hosting and paneling on a slew of other AfterBuzz After Shows, because your favorite TV shows are my favorite TV shows, too. Until next time, we're talking Amazon The Boys. We'll be right back. Let's watch this episode. We'll see you. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners.